All right, slapperheads. Let's slap some numbers. Let's go. This is episode number 258. That's what I was hoping for. Boys and girls, welcome to Slappercast. This is our weekly uh, this is our weekly talk show with blackguards. This is uh, this is your host, Heidi. And uh, there's uh, there's uh, there's young Turbs <laughs> of the Hill. And um, the, the, of course the impaler, as always, in his in his summer black. Mm-hmm. How, how's, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Great. Excellent. Heidi? Oh, doing good. Okay, just let's, let's <laughs> keep up. The episode before last, we were talking about Thin Lizzy. And um, a lot of people were talking about, you know, because we really just, we, we, we didn't even gloss over. I mean, we kind of just, you know, like skipping stones. We just kind of, you know, barely touched on it. But, you know, Thin Lizzy is, as, as we learned after that episode, is much more than that. Because we, we, we've known that. We just didn't. Know. But um, one of the things that we had decided among us was that, that, that the Black Rose album needed to. And, and also we need to go into a, into depth on a lot more Thin Lizzy flavored topics because it's so huge among the people that are fans. And I, I, we yeah. all kind of agreed that Black Rose was one of the ones that we had, to, you know, Gary Moore is one of my all time favorite guitar players. And he was, although he wasn't uh, in Thin Lizzy for very long, he and Philo had a huge relationship mm-hmm before, during, and after Thin Lizzy. So it was it was kind of one of those things. So since we all were kind of familiar with Black Rose, the, the album, we decided we'd just go into it a little bit. That said, yeah. would anybody like to, to pick up on a favorite track? Or I, I know Black Rose is my favorite track. I can't get over it, but it yeah. has been since I was yeah. made. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Do Anything You Want To. I love the message of that. I mean, that obviously speaks yeah. to my soul, but I love the drums just rolling in and, I mean, it's this has got everything I think that Thin Lizzy does within a song. Like you, you can hear the way they do their stops, their changes, their accents. Like this is everything inside that one song. I think it's in there. You can kind of hear it all. There's one thing it doesn't have, which is interesting. I hadn't thought about this before today. Anybody know what it is? There's no guitar solo. Yeah. It's just the main riff. But they have. There's never a break for a solo. Doesn't need it. But I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't need it. That 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 riff. That. I mean, think of boys are back in town. Think of that. It's textbook Lizzie, but you're right with no with no guitar. And again, I think it's a guitar solo would have my two cent would have thrown a rock in in the flow of that song. And and just another side note too, Thin Lizzy were really and you could tell it's so evident in this record. Um they were going for that American sound. So if you listen to this record, obviously not with Black Rose, but they were really going for an American sound. So they wanted that. They wanted that. They wanted to be alongside Bob Seger or, you know, the, the journeys or the, you know, all that stuff that was on the radio in America around that time. Uh, I was thinking, speaking of guitar solos, it leads me to my, my only, really my only complaint about this record. And it's a minor nitpick completely. But on on toughest street in town, when he gets to the the bridge section where the guitar solo is, the screaming solo, amazing solo, but that riff, the da 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 da, da that's underneath that, you don't have it, really have a chance to really hear what what the backing is doing. It's like I wish they had just played that for a bit because the riff alone is is great. You know, it would have been cool if they just jammed on that maybe once or twice and then the solo comes in. That's my only complaint. <laughs> like, oh man. I was I went back and listened to that a few times. I was like, that's so cool. I do think this is the last Thin Lizzy album that was put out before I was born. There's a little fun Ooh. fact for you. Oh, yeah. This was then in 79. Yeah. Shots fired. Shots fired. So, <laughs> little fun fact. Chad, can you black out his screen again? <laughs> <laughs> so, Heidi, give us another one. Would you... Yeah. <laughs> another song. Well, the Black Rose song is probably my favorite. But my second favorite is the um, Sarah, the one he wrote for his daughter. Yeah, I just, I think it's such a bright, cheery, pure, heartfelt melody. And yeah, I just, I think the words are great. I love the melody. It's, It's one of those songs you can't stop listening to. You can listen to it anytime. Yeah. 
it's a little more simple, obviously, than the complexity of the other songs. But it still has those amazing changes that they do that nobody mm-hmm. else does the way that they do them. So, yeah, I like that one a lot. The painted rhythm that they're so known for. Yeah. You know? So the way the way he takes such a simple thing and it still has that element to it that nobody else has. I just that's one of my favorite songs. It's it's one of several well a couple of moments on this album that makes my heart hurt because you listen to that and it's so you know it's it's definitely you know a different flavor from their normal rock songs and stuff and the melody and everything is just so great it just makes me think ahead to what Phila may have been doing you know throughout the 80s and the 90s and so forth you know working with other people i could see him like writing songs with with other people and just mm-hmm. he had so much reach and uh so much you know so many different things in the tank Along those lines, the other song that really hurts me, but I love it. It's it's, it's uh, probably my, I think next to Do do Anything You Want, it's my next favorite song on the record. Uh, you know, well, Black Rose, which <laughs> again, you can't, you can't beat Black Rose, but got to give it up. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, and presumably singing about needing to kick his drug habit. And you can just hear it, you know, mama, I'm coming home. You know, he was, it was a real struggle for him. And I also heard, an interview, really great interview with Scott Gorm recently about the last time he saw Philo just three weeks before he died. And Philo was desperate. He really wanted to get the band back together, but he was just a mess. And Scott was like, man, I'm in, but you got to clean up first, man. Yeah. And he just wasn't able to do it. So when I hear that song, I'm like, oh, God damn it. But it's yeah, such a great, I, I mean, got to give it up is one of those, one of the greatest uh, uh, grooves and, uh, you know, things that they ever came up with. It's just, just so tight. Yeah, I don't know if I, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely up there. I mean, Johnny the Fox, I mean, I mean that, that, that groove, I mean, he, he put, he put, you know, funk and rock and all. Anyway, aside, um, on, on this record too, you know, his, it, it, I mean, to get a full sense of how, um, vast and, and how just fathomless, boundless, you know, his, his, uh, Phil's, writing were you know his his solo records were just uh, i mean as a thin lizzie fan you might turn your nose up at them as a as a philo fan you're 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 just in heaven because songs like jamaican rum or solo and soho or when he he got mark Knopfler in from dire straits to do king's call i was like oh my god his palette was just it was, just, I mean, just, just endless. I mean, he just, man could go anywhere, do anything he wanted to. Perfect example. He just didn't, you know, paint inside the lines. You know, he, he just, he's went, went wherever he felt it and could sell it. I, I didn't, you know, wasn't fortunate enough to see Thin Lizzy. Uh, it happened with a bunch of bands. I just, oh, I'll go see him later. You think I'd fucking learn? No. But I did get to see Grand Slam. I got to see his last rock and roll effort before he passed. And, uh, you know, there's there's few people. I had a conversation this very morning about. I hate the fucking word. I hate I hate the word rock star. I think that's so. I just. Those the flights could be full of rock stars. Sometimes. Just can't stand that word. I hate this. I hate this <laughs> so much. I hate that so much. The 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 metal bands. Uh, in these, in these, uh, every fucking shot is this. It's just, oh my god! Just d- do something, do something original. Again, we're talking about, <laughs> you know, Phil Lina. You know, we're talking about the, the 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 birth of arguably one of the best rock bands ever to walk the planet. Uh, but the conversation I had this very morning was the the image. People working so hard on this image, and then having zero behind it. You know that 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 transparent, flimsy kind of you know, Philo just made his own made his own image. He he didn't even make it. He just he just he, he was this person that you know, much like Elvis, when 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 you know he put that shirt when he picked that outfit or when he designed that jumpsuit or when he when you know when they that became it, its own planet. That became its its own way of life. Um, and that's what I love is is you, you're not tied down to this specific little niche. You have to you, you know you, you have to just go and 
you know, really follow your, follow your heart, follow your, your passion, follow your, and, and it's so evident to me when these people are all image and there's no substance behind it. That's why I think I hate the, the thing so much is because it's, it's just been so overdone. It's been, I think 1981 might've been the last time I, you know, I thought that's a good idea. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I, I got so sidetracked in my thing. I'm sitting, t- I'm, I'm sitting, boys and girls. I'm sitting in a in a in a thong made of gla- broken glass. So I'm not very I'm not very present today. Uh, back to back to the Black Rose record with uh, with Gary Moore. You know, I personally loved those two working together. Their 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 later efforts out in the field, Military Man. They did Parisian walkways together. It was it was never Gary Moore kind of said that he he had written. At one point, I kind of, I, I thought I'd heard that Gary Moore had written the whole thing, but he, it was definitely a collaboration. You can tell by the by the way that the you know the, the song is delivered. But um, Parisian walkways is one of those songs. To me, it was the blueprint for Gary Moore's uh, hit. Uh, Still got the blues. It was so so um, stylistically so similar but also the structure of it too the, the way that the way that song is just it, it tremendous 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 pieces of work that's where that's where my love for gary moore began was obviously with uh thin lizzie but going back to his early days of skid row and playing with uh you know he played with ian pace he played with uh Coliseum Two was the name of the outfit, but I mean, played with Cozy. He played, had some of the best players on the planet, and he's he dipped his toe into into heavy rock, into you know, into blues, where essentially where he really did, did his best work. That, but his his work with with Thin Lizzy always kind of left uh, left left a yearning with me, especially just because what they could have accomplished together. Gary Moore was a really driven player and performer. So was Phil, but Phil also had the demons of alcohol and heroin, you know, that really derailed him in a large way, obviously. Mm -hmm. Do do you know why? I mean, obviously, as you say, Gary was very driven and he had his his own thing he wanted to do. Was that really the main reason why he didn't join Thin Lizzy? For a longer period of time, or earlier, I know he toured with them earlier, but this is the yeah. first time he actually. Yeah, was I mean, on he toured with them and walked yeah. off the tour. He also, I mean, he he didn't like the he didn't like Phil's. Uh, I mean, think about it too. You got two alpha, got you know, got two guys that can write a song, two guys that can perform well, two guys. Uh, you know, it was obviously Thin Lizzy is obviously Phil's band, no matter what. You know, no matter how he structured it or or perform you know what that was his band gary moore he's not a backup guy he, he he's not a you know i've seen him you know i've seen him play you know the site you know videos you know i mean he played with george harrison he he, he and george harrison were neighbors in uh uh in england oh. and and george harrison was just a huge gary moore fan huge guy cool fan. and he played he, uh, there, there's video footage of him playing with uh with george harrison there's uh, and and he just he always did his thing you always know it's gary moore uh little side note here you know when you listen to rory gallagher uh you always know it's rory gallagher Uh, to me the difference between gary moore and rory gallagher is rory gallagher every song was a whole new planet a whole new universe gary moore he did the same thing over and even in the blues even in his stripped down thing you know you always can tell it's him because he's going to do a, a run on the guitar that you're just gonna either sit down and practice or burn your fucking guitars it just you know one of the two it's it, he's oh such a player but but both such huge anyway so 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 the, the 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 phil and gary thing was i i think it was doomed from the beginning because uh, although they they were huge fans of each other they were huge um, the respect for for each other was was just you know endless, but yeah. the you know Phil's drug use was never ever ever gonna be tamed. You know, it, it, it was, uh, Jim 
uh, Fitzpatrick, the, the guy that did the, the the artwork for Black Rose and many other records, Jailbreaking, he uh, he said that he said that Phil had this air of ah, you know, I, I got this, you know, I can I can I, I you know I I can handle it, I can kick it, I can quit anytime I want. Got to give it up? No, he knew it. He knew it. And he knew it. Although he'd never admit it, and Gary Gary also knew it. So. A side note, another another side note too. Gary Moore's impression of Phil is the funniest fucking thing. You like. I'll try to find it. It's oh my god. Okay, yeah. Don't leave me with your dad, right? Don't your fucking dad's gonna come in and drive me fucking mad. Don't leave me with your dad. And of course, as my dad would come home, I'd go straight up to my old bedroom and get some kip, you know, and leave him down there, and I could hear my dad droning all at him for hours, and he'd kill me in the morning. Because uh, Gary Moore, right? Uh, everything, yeah, yeah. You know, he's got that English. You know that where they end every sentence with "yeah," or in America it's "dude," or in uh, in in Dallas it's "huh." Anyway, um, <laughs> he he would just go from this British accent into this raspy Dublin accent that was flawless, but it was filled the whole way. You close your eye, you wouldn't know it. It's brilliant. But those guys, those guys knew each other. They knew each other like the right hand knows the left hand. It's just, uh, yeah. Anyway. One of my favorite uh, bits, because uh, I've I've absorbed a lot of Tony Visconti interviews about about Thin Lizzy over the years, and I actually had a, a brief email exchange with him about Phil uh, about Phil Lynott like like twenty years ago. Wow. I asked him about his influences. Yeah, Tony Tony's always been very accessible. Uh, this was before social media, but he used to have a website with a bunch of really thoughtful little blog entries about all the records he worked on, and there was one about Black Rose and. I, I I just started to, to listen to Thin Lizzy at the time, starting to work with Patrick you know, back in 2004, whenever this was, and uh, emailed Tony to ask him about uh, Phil's influences because I thought I detected a bit of, strangely enough, Wings, you know, Paul McCartney's band at the time. Hey, shut but your I think fucking mouth! Just been, I think that may have just been a coincidence. But I just wrote to I really wanted an excuse to write to Tony, and he very graciously wrote back pretty quickly. He says, "I don't remember him ever talking about Beatles or Paul McCartney." But he did say he did. He was a huge one thing. I know he was a huge Van Morrison fan. And then and then he added in the second reply and Huey Lewis, <laughs> which brings me to that's the other guy who's on this record. Uh, Huey plays harmonica on a couple of songs, including Sarah, uh, which is really nice. But another thing, another story that Tony tells about that record is as his one of his favorite memories is watching uh, Gary Moore work with Scott Gorham on the double leads. Because all these riffs, the main riffs on all these songs were written by Gary. So as Tony says, it would have been really easy for Gary to just go in and, and play all the harmony parts himself. It would have taken no time at all. But he felt it was more important, obviously, for Scott to to play these parts, which he did. So he sat down and they worked, Scott and Gary worked, you know, nose to nose, working on these parts together. And Tony says it was like one of the greatest things he'd ever got to watch happen in the studio. It was just really Gary's just just really just a sweetheart to work with, apparently. So that that's a really great story. I, I could so easily picture that. I wish there was like video of that of those yeah. sessions. You know, Tony had worked with Thin Lizzy once, but well, he well twice. If include Live and Dangerous, but when he first worked with them, Bad Reputation, they were very. They, it was like working with dis, undisciplined school kids, and I think on this record, he he held them to the he held them to the fires. Like, come on, guys, let's get to work. So yeah. this was a much more focused record. Than bad yeah. reputation, which which is also a great record too, but uh, yeah, the three of us and I don't turbo. You like do anything you want to the best, which I hear boys are back in town. In do you guys hear that in there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But I want to know why you guys what it is about Black Rose, Rock Legend, that makes it your favorite song. What specifically? Well, I, I'll, I'll begin because I probably um, uh, I probably have the most to say i mean just because i i talk too much is what but uh black rose to me was the blueprint for now remember horse lips were doing this kind of stuff way way way, way mm-hmm. before, before then however and this 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 hurts me to say um but irish rock uh excuse me let, let me start again irish musicians carry with them this it's just a different um uh, it's a different, a different way in, if you will. It's a different path. It's a different flavor that they bring. I mean, 
uh, it, 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 if you're into, I was never really into the blues, you know, oh, well, this morning, that kind of stuff wasn't, wasn't into it. However, the, the, the Rory Gallagher, Gary Moore shock, you know, that's the, you know, uh, Rory with taste and all this. T to me, that's the kind of blues I could get behind because it had so much life in it. Right. So these Irish yeah. musicians uh, were so different to me than, uh, and I, I I dislike Eric Clapton immensely, um, but his approach to the blues was boring to me. And people say great guitar. I'm sure he's a great guitar player. I'm sure he's a lovely a lovely chap. I don't like him. Rolling Stones. I heard a great quote. Uh, Shane McGowan. <laughs> Shane McGowan said of the Rolling Stones, he said you shouldn't fucking go to America playing Chuck Berry songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he did, I don't think he liked the Rolling Stones either, so I, I'm not a fan. But their take on the blues to me was, again, kind of boring. But then you have a Jeff Beck or you have a, uh, you know, that you know you come stateside and you hear, you, you, or, 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 you know, even ACDC, you know, that their take on the blues, that was perfect for me. Perfect. Kind of simplify it, put it into an anthem and s submit, you know. Uh, and then, of course, in the States, there's so many, the Irish musicians had this different, this just different, different take on it. And they would always come in. A, and then to me, Black Rose just threw everything out the fucking window. And they came at it with obviously the traditional stuff, but they also kept that rock, the backbone of that, that, or as, as, as our good friend Huey Lewis would say, the heart and soul of rock and roll. They kept all that stuff in there while delivering this Irish epic, epic piece. And mm -hmm. so, so as a kid, all the different avenues, you know, short attention span and many, 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 many different tunes in there. That's tremendous. That is life changing. Because uh, I'm still in it today. I still love it today. I don't believe that 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 song would have been close to as good if anybody else had have attempted that. You know, no, it it, it, it it was its own. It was its own. It was the birth of that. Although Horse Lips had done it, you know, in in many different forms before, I think uh, I think Thin Lizzy, Gary and Phil perfected it. And Brian Downey, please, for the love of God, do not, do not, ever discount Brian Downey. Don't ever overlook him, Brian Downey. Oh, he's my favorite said, drummer of all time. Absolutely, oh, I, I, my favorite drummer. You have good taste. You have good taste. He, I mean, just, you talk about an unsung hero, a guy that just, no matter how much, how many accolades he gets from this day forth, it, it's not enough. It, it's, the, the guy has been overlooked. I mean, he he's as good as any player. He's as, watch him play. The guy doesn't fucking move. Yet everything, everything gets destroyed. I mean, he's just a beast. He's phenomenal. Yeah. And these songs would be nothing without Brian Downey. Zero. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, they wouldn't be there. I'm convinced it wouldn't have the same feel. It wouldn't have the same anything. I mean, what he does is just complete mastery. Is so crisp and so complex. Like you said, he doesn't even move. I don't, you know. But that's it's just like the genius of his playing. And to be that good, I mean, that doesn't just happen. So he, he had to have poured every bit of not just talent, but every bit of his soul into creating those songs with, with Phil. I think I, I, for me, that Black Rose stamp is, or the Black Rose song is like the stamp of it. It's the authentic Tin Lizzy, like all of their talent and all of yeah. what the, the ideas that they brought together. It's just so authentic of what the band was to me. It's just like this huge announcement of, Nobody can touch what we have in this room and what we can do with hard rock and the traditional. It's, it's like this. I don't know. It should be their trademark in, in a sense that just that one song. Yeah. 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 And so many bands heard the two guitar players and said, that's what we're doing. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the, you know, funny story. Um, uh, Brian Robertson, uh, you know, uh, get, gets in a, gets in a fist fight in a bar and slashes his hand and can't play. You know, they have to cancel a tour. From that day on, 
you know, Philo said, that's it. We're, you know, we're having two guitar players. We're never getting stuck again. And, you know, cause I mean, that, that was, that, that was kind of Gary Moore's role in the band. He would come in and bail them out. But then again, he couldn't stay long because he wouldn't, you know, he either had other stuff that he was doing, you know, which he, he seemed to always be working and always be coming up with something different. But, uh, he, he'd, he'd kind of come in, save the day and, and take off or get in a row and, and take off. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Thin Lizzy really a doomed rock and roll band, but th- there's a couple of, um, in listening to, 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 to you all talk about these different songs, there, there are certain live performances that need to be checked out. One is, and actually Brian Downey's not on it, which is heartbreaking to me, but when, when they did, when they, uh, they're uh, Gary and Phil with Thin Lizzy in uh, in Australia playing at the uh, Sydney Opera House at the outside. the The story is this is around the time the boys are back in town, jailbreak that kind of stuff, and they're 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 in Australia, and they're it's a, the radio station's doing a free show, and they had I want to say ten times, twenty times, fifty times more people expected came out, and the place was just fucking. They didn't even have the PA to. Uh, to to accommodate the the crowd that showed up it was just it's an ocean of people but the performance is just out of this well for fuck's sake it said it was disconnected um no you're good okay good 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 so uh anyway so that's that one is uh paul Nos and nasif i think is the drummer on that one but um but the other one is the the uh, of course we talked about live and dangerous last time, but the the, the other one is uh, the the tribute to Phil uh, at the RDS in Dublin, uh, where Gary Moore, it, I think it's called Gary Moore and Friends, but God, damn, he brings that they bring everybody out. Uh, Eric Bell, uh, John Sykes wasn't there unfortunately, but uh, Eric Bell, Brian Robertson, uh, Scott Gorm uh, is there, you know, for, for the uh, for the entire time. But it's just and Gary Moore plays his ass off. Cool. Uh, and then, and then the other song S and M off off the Black Rose record. I just loved that. I just thought that was just such a just such a grooving, uh, and, and of course controversial. In of course, anything is controversial in Ireland. Uh, you know, uh, before two thousand ten, I guess. <laughs> I was trying to th- when I was listening to that uh, uh, again recently. The fe- what, what sounds like a female voice, you know, say yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. Yes, it is. Uh, was that an actual because there's no woman credited uh on the record do you think that was just one of them doing falsetto doing falsetto yeah yeah because it happens a couple times i was listening to it is that is that a real woman singing i think it was heidi (laughs) that was me at what age five years old three five five yeah we talked on another episode about a while back about you know hitting the record button patty and was like oh you know it's hard to hit the record button. Well, back then, you know, it wasn't as easy, right? There's no iPhone to just sorry. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious how many lost songs are out there for him. Like, yeah, you know, like how many ideas okay. were just, you know, with his addictions and things were just there and then they're gone, you know, like moments in time. Man, could you imagine being a fly on the wall in one of those rehearsal spaces? Be- oh, yeah. I'm sure it's endless. Yeah. That's, that's true with any songwriter, you know. There's only yeah. so much you're able to to, to hang on to. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about the days before they had tape recorders, you know, to do that stuff. Um, yeah. hey, sorry to bring up Paul McCartney again, but he said one of the stories he tells is like back in the, the early days when they were used to write songs back in the day, they had to it had to be memorable. So they would just play it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and if they if it if it didn't stick with them, if if any either of them forgot it, they were like, well, I guess that's not good enough. You know, that's that's yeah. So, I, have, I I have two yeah. things to say about that. And one being, I have a little, I have a little insight into the, into the Thin Lizzy catalog, the unreleased uh, uh, Thin Lizzy catalog. A dear friend of mine who you've all met, a um, uh, friend of mine for most of my life, uh, Mark Kavna, lived in a place, co- mm-hmm. well, a place in a, called Salva Park Gardens in Dalkey. When, when, when we grew up, he lived in uh, Salva Park Gardens in Dalkey, County Dublin, Ireland. And uh, his next door neighbor was, uh, uh, the anybody Brian Downey of Thin Lizzy. Ah, oh. so he lived. Yeah, 
So he lived next door to Brian Downey and my other uh, uh, other family friend were the quirks that lived up the street from Brian Downey and Rory, who is a phenomenal drummer in his own right. My brother, Andrew, is still in touch with Rory. Um, uh, I don't even know if Rory's still playing, but he was he was one of these kids that just he got the drum kit and he just he he took took off. He was he was he was great from day one. And he had taken lessons from Brian Downey. Uh, another wow. friend of mine who I'm still friends with today, who is a besides Turbo, is another favorite drummer of mine. Is his name is Dominic Walsh, and he is uh, just Groove City. This kid is. Uh, I I was there when he got his first drum kit, and I was in awe the first time I heard him play because he played along with the track. He put a he put a girls' school record on the turntable, and he played along with it. And I was just floored because moments before I had, you know, got down, hit the drums a couple of times. I was like, "Whoa, I, I need some coordination here. I can't get my foot and my hand going." And you know, and uh, he sat down and was. I, I mean, of course, you know, time, you know, definitely distorts how it happened, but. I remember him being solid, 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 solid player. First, you know, just a natural. And um, for so he had, we through different avenues, we had arranged for drum lessons with Brian Downey. So Dominic Walsh, Rory Quirk, and another good friend of mine, Jimmy Shields, had also worked with uh, Brian Downey. So, and Jimmy Shields uh, has, I don't know if it's still, uh, but his last project was called the wounded knee uh the wounded knees excuse me and uh his brother kevin shields is of course the my bloody valentine which is you know it that's their its own thing i mean the huge worldwide uh my bloody valentine look him up anyway jimmy shields younger brother kevin another drummer that you would you would jump off a cliff to here he, he's 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 phenomenal and a, and a genius genius player anyway i say all that because i don't know which one of them told me that brian downey told them so i'm not hanging anybody out to dry <laughs> but i did hear from one of them that brian downey said larry mullen of you two is a shit drummer i mean i knew that already <laughs> but one trick one once, I mean, listen to every uh, rhythm section. No, <laughs> no, YouTube. No. So anyway, that was my that was my. And oh, sorry, sorry, way, way, way too much said to 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 uh, <laughs> uh, forget this. The reason why I went on that fucking unending screed was, uh, I think it was, I, I yes, I, I do. I want to say it was Rory Quirk and uh, Dominic Walsh that heard Thin Lizzy session tapes you know like just practices and stuff of that unreleased tracks and said that they were as good as anything that they'd ever heard so editor can you you imagine being a student of brian downey like you can't duplicate his rhythm like those kids must have been like well i tried (laughs) i'm going home (laughs) you know it, it had to have just been like wow You'll be really surprised. You would be really surprised. I kid you not. These guys could play. And now I, I'm, I'm not saying they're as good as. I'm just saying that they that his he yeah. must have been he must have been the most amazing teacher because they left. Yeah. These guys are today as good. So I had the um, the last, not the last Irish mm-hmm. tour that we did. It was February of last year. I went home for for a, 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 for a short time, and. Um, it was for a friend of mine's memorial, uh, Barry Dunphy, who was also a huge, huge, huge uh, Thin Lizzy fan. And he, uh, his proximity to Brian Downey is quite kind of close as well. But um, I, I got to play uh, with with Dominic Walsh, uh, my childhood friend, who I'm still friends with today. Um, and I, and I, I got to hear him play drums. And, and, and he had, it wasn't the best kit I've ever heard one of the just best set of hands, best rhythm, best. I mean, you can tell that he has walked just, just even by walking by Brian Downey's house, you absorb some of, I mean, he, he is that 
he's that huge. Um, I, I, again, his drum solo on Live and Dangerous the, in, in the song Sha La 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 La. Uh, you know, that, Chinatown, Do Anything You Want To, all those songs, take Brian Downey out, and you haven't even got a fucking ballad. I mean, you got nothing. You got nothing. Just- <laughs> well, back back to, you know, the unrecorded, you know, riffs and things that must have been happening that they just never got on tape or never got down. Like, I, it makes me, you know, think of how many times, Patrick, you would know probably more than anyone. How many times have you done something live that you're like, oh, what did I do? What did I do? How can I do that every time or again? There's so much that happens on stage live that unless it was on camera and got out there, it's how do you how do you do that again? I admire players that just every time they hit the stage, it's like a whole new, oh, my God, what was that? Oh, my God, what was that? That's, there's a bunch of those moments that, that never get really redone again. And and then, sorry, this is a tangent as a classical musician, but how did these composers like Beethoven and Mozart, you know, it's kind of like the complexity. It is the complexity of some of what Tin Lizzy did, but how were they able to write all their ideas down, keep them long enough to get them all down? On, and a lot of them did it by hand. And I, yeah. I swear to you, the older music being like Beethoven and before and in between, whatever, so much better, in my opinion, than some of like the newer classical music. And they didn't have the technology, right? They did it all by hand. It's just, it's yeah. just blows my mind how did they pen those gigantic ideas and not just for one instrument i know entire symphony every single little part down to the percussion down to like the little one little eight bar piccolo or whatever was in there you know the oboe and the it just is crazy it's like how did they actually write it down yeah it is amazing yeah, Do you, that, I think I those, mean, those compositions are just as amazing to me as like the architecture of you know ancient times. Like, how the hell did they build that? You know, it's like yeah. looking at those, looking at those compositions. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's yeah. amazing, absolutely amazing. That's like in the like it's like a different talent. You know, I think it's one thing to be able to play it; it's another thing to be able to compose it. I, I just think that that's its no own question. skill. It's I own, I, I often wonder. Do you do you have this in your head? Like so so if you come up with this piece, Black Rose, do you have the whole thing in your head? Or do you have uh, the, the the person that that the the, the 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 two artists that come to mind for this question every time is Mark Knopfler and Roy Gallagher. And the reason why it is do you have the whole uh, obviously you don't have the whole song, but do you have that um Chad and I have gushed about Speedway at Nazareth by Mark Knopfler. Do you have that whole vision in your head? And, and then the song obviously grows from that. Or do you sit down and then it kind of unfolds before you as you write? That's my, and again, with the architecture, it could be the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know, whatever, you know, whoever the wanker was that, that designed the pyramid, you know, you had to have, you had to have that, that vision you know the the uh, the, the Colosseums in Rome. I mean, you had to ha- you had to know the enormity yeah. of the right. So mm-hmm. same thing with the same thing with the song. You, did, mm-hmm. did, did you know? Did you know you were going to do this epic? You know this massive history lesson in this, or you know, did you you know you know what I mean? It's it, it got to have. Yeah, I don't know. So so when you write. Yeah. Your songs, like like let's say PLFM or or second worst. Did you start? Do you start with the lyrics, or do you start with a melody idea or a rhythmic? Idea? Like, what do you start with? Is it different every song? It's different every song. I'm so glad you said that because I sat down today and I have I have this. I have, look, I'm I'm even going to show you. I'm even going to show you. Won't be able yeah. to read a word, but you're going okay. to. This is this is. So today, this is all I have, but. Uh, I start. I started with. I'm so glad you asked. Get five dollars. You, you win five dollars. Um, I'm rich. The, uh, so so yeah, de- definitely different every every song because sometimes you sit down. The chord progression just sits really nicely, and you're like, all right, cool. 
But with this one today is I, 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 uh, I wanted to, to just tell a story, which I, I haven't done yet. Uh, I've, I've, I've attempted it before and scrapped it, but I wanted to just tell a story of just this, you know, this little incident in that, 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 that really happened. Uh, usually at a show, I'll introduce like the second worst girlfriend as a true story. There's nothing true about that story. However, <laughs> m- most of the insults were taken from real situations, you know. But so I wanted to do I wanted to do a, a, a story today and take a, a piece of just a, just a small piece of time that actually happened and see if I can do a little bit. You know, you you want everything to be better than the last one, but I wanted to just do a little bit. Uh, just, just, just more of a of a real situation, and and see how that would sound. So, in in answer to your question, sometimes the tune comes first, uh, but I think the, the 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 best easiest way to to write for me right now is to is to just sketch a story, and I, by that I just mean it just can be beginning, middle, and end, and then you, you have this license, you have this. You, you really can put anything that you want in there because it, you, you know, to make it fit, you know, a good friend of mine, John Lennon used to say, just sing it over and over and over again. And it will come, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll kind of appear, but mm-hmm. put that thing. And the, to, 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 to me, yeah. these, these songs are, you know, going back to the, to the Phil Lynott way of writing. He wrote because not, he was incredibly well-educated. Uh, took his mm-hmm. took his education seriously, but he also his love of Ireland and the folklore and the the history and his relationship with the country, his love of the country was just so immense that he he was able to. It, it, it seemed like I mean he he may have another story, but it just seemed like he could just at will flood the pages with these just beautiful lyrics and heartfelt yeah. pieces. So, so the, the, to, to me that, that, that was the, going back to Gary Moore and he, to me, that was how, how you would, I would say they were different is Gary Moore was this amazing. He, he, he spoke through his guitar, his lyrics on paper were not very good. I I've never been a Gary Moore lyrics fan and some of them were borderline bad but his his compositions in musically were just and, and then again Phil Phil had some songs that didn't go as well as you know I mean you can be a huge Thin Lizzy fan but there's 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 some songs in there that you can you know I I understand now today why he didn't like why none of them liked Whiskey in the Jar because I don't fucking like it but it it definitely yeah. I was listening to that recently and, and thinking, cause you know, they're, they're just goofing around when they laid the basic tracks for that. That was not meant to be even on the album. It was just them dicking around the studio and you can kind of hear it in the way he's singing it. It's like, he's, he's yeah. kind of taking the piss a little bit in his delivery. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. would know unless you knew the story behind it, that he, he's just, he's not taking the song seriously. And that makes me like it even more. Like, oh, this is hilarious. That, that there's no base on it, you know, which I always think is interesting. Yeah. And, and also uh, in uh, it, w- w- Whiskey in the Jar, uh, Eric Bell came up with that line. And fucking nobody plays it as good as he does. Nobody <laughs> ever played it as well as he did. Not even Gary Moore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, just and 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 if you want to hear the worst version of the that that melody line, listen to Metallica. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. 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 And speaking so, of, you're talking about the uh, his Phil's knowledge of Irish, Irish history. The, the same interview. It was a really great interview with Scott. I found from recently. It's like in the past three or four years with Scott Gorham. He talks about how how passionate and proud. Philo was of his Irish heritage and, and one of his agendas when they first came over to the States to tour uh, was to educate because <laughs> of course you encounter so much ignorance, even, you know, even today about, about Ireland, people not knowing where Ireland is or that it's separate from England and not, not at all the, the same country. Uh, and he, so he would, he would 
when he detect that there was an interviewer who didn't know anything about it, he would he would launch into a lecture about the old Republic of Ireland, and you, you can see this in many of the clips from back then. And Scott says that he used to get impatient with, with Phil's, like, "Hey, man, come on, we're 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 promoting an album, man. We're not doing a historical lecture or whatever." But he was, Phil yeah. was like, "No, no, we got it. People need to know. You know, that's that's one of my jobs is to educate people, and I just <laughs> think that was so cool." Yeah. I read um, something. He was really into the Irish poetry and the Irish literature. Like he was very well up on that. Yeah. No surprise. Of course, there's, there's the, all the name dropping that happens at the end of Black Rose. Yeah, you can hear it in the lyrics for sure. Yeah. Including yeah. Van Morrison. Yeah, and, and, and interview, interviews as well. They would, they would, they would list Thin Lizzy as a, you know, yeah, from the UK. He goes, Dublin, Dublin, yeah. Ireland, yeah. Ireland, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never, n- never let that slide. Never let that slide. It's it's kind of like having a the before you. It's not the Thin Lizzy, right? It's Thin Lizzy, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen? Has anybody seen? I haven't seen this documentary yet. It's fairly recent, like in the past three years. There was a documentary about Fellow called uh, "A Song for a While I'm Away." Yeah. Or songs for a while I'm away. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Have you watched? I haven't it? seen that yet, but yeah, I haven't seen. I want to. I want to track that down because that'll be something something to talk about on the show too down the line. Yeah, um, but I saw the trailer for it, and there there is a bit in the trailer of him correcting very testily correcting a, an English or an American interviewer saying, "No, the Republic of Ireland." <laughs> when somebody, yeah. I think they said that he was from being, "Oh, that's so English." He goes, "No, no, no." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that happened like, all the yeah, second time, like like anybody would, you know. You just you know, um, yeah. Anyway, so I beg you, if you're listening, if you're watching, if you're Think, just go listen to Black Rose. Listen to it start to finish. It is, it, uh, t- 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 it's definitely not their best work as far. I mean, because, because t- t- different mood, different, you know, different time of day, blah, blah, blah. I would start with the song Black Rose. I would start with that as number one and just give yourself, give yourself time to, you know, and, and listen to it with the headphones on. Please don't listen to it on your fucking phone. Um, just, mm-hmm. just pay the, Pay attention to the complexity in that number, and then also just the the, the beautiful li- lyrics throughout the, the the whole song. And the you know, even if you're not a, a rock fan, it's such a beautiful record, start to finish. Um, there's so much in it. There's uh, I think there's something for yeah. everybody. I think there's there's no uh, you know, and and, and it's timeless. Yeah. You know, it, it it sounds dated to me. The 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 production sounds old. But the, the 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 music and the idea and the just the execution of that record is is timeless, flawless and timeless. I'll yeah. say. So shall we rev up? Fuck off. Yeah. Good. Good. Get good. out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Hey, yeah. thanks. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's to, to me. That was the one that that they sounded to me like they were going straight for the American charts. Like, hey, put this one out. Put yeah. this one out, in America. That's all it sounded like to to, to yeah. me. But. Yeah, that, actually, I, I didn't mention that this is something that just occurred to me now re-listening to the record this morning that th- there's a couple of songs that clearly get, get out of here and uh, and Toughest Street um, that sound a little bit like the the sort of new wave punk that was happening at the time, like the 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 knack and the jam and uh-huh. and Joe, Joe, Joe Jackson, all that stuff that just not the whole song, but like the. Yeah, it has a kind of feel. And then, especially uh, get out of here, which says, which it's there's almost like a punk beat in the in the in the verses. Um, it's I could I could dare totally picture Joe Jackson singing that. Yeah. Get on, get on. Yeah. So Good I'm ears. sure I don't know Phil. I imagine Phil might might have been listening to a lot of that current stuff, but it could have also gone the other way. I'm sure all those guys have been listening to Thin Lizzy as well. But, but yeah, yeah. Th- but they were all friends. They were all. I mean, Phil played in yeah. a band with, with with some of the Sex Pistols. I mean, you know, they they, they formed the Greedies. They did. The, you know, their. I mean, oh okay. It, yeah, it, that we've talked about this a million times. The, the 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 musicians at that time were so incestuous, and it was such a it, there was such a it, such a small world of these huge musicians. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. But you're, you're exactly right, and I. I Although I didn't think of that, that's exactly uh, that, your last comment on the Joe Jackson that, that kind of punk, that new wave even sounding that 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 stuff fits yeah. exactly right in there. That's 
that's a that's a good that's a good uh it's one of the most distinct styles that came out of the late 70s i think i, I don't even know if that's what you call it you know new wave but just i don't know i don't know what to call it really it's not really the best name for it so listen to the boomtown rats also i mean uh on that note if you put on any boomtown rats record of that era you're gonna oh, your mind will be blown and how close yet totally separate they wouldn't be played on the same well they probably were but that you know it it it, it doesn't sound like a, a good pairing for a you know the same radio program at the time but i they, they would have been played on the same thing and th- th- those guys knew each other well uh, uh, uh phil does a great bob geldoff impersonation as well if you're <laughs> if you're in this is my bob geldoff impersonation okay yeah. Say goodbye, Philip. But you guys got to get get back. Oh gosh, to work. Yes. this this uh this this conversation is going to continue. I'm sure we'll be talking about Thin Lizzy quite a bit in this channel, as we always have. But hey, everybody's been very, yeah. The last show we did about Thin Lizzy, we had a lot of great comments from people. Uh, Nick Donahue, really appreciate your tips for Gary Moore. Uh, things to listen to. We, we we'll be talking more about Gary in the future. But please, uh, uh. Be you know, be chatty in the comments. There's a lot to be said about this band, and I'm I'm sure this this conversation will never end. I would love to hear I would love to hear people's take on the Black Rose record, and also if you if you like that, also listen to Emerald by Thin Lizzy. Also listen to Don't Believe a Word by Thin Lizzy. Also listen to Gary Moore's Wild Frontier record. It's kind of like the uh, you remember back in the in the shops they used to have. If you like this cologne, you will love this one. You know that one. To me, the Gar- the Gary Moore's uh, record Wild Frontier is kind of like the the knockoff version of Black Rose. And he was he was tipping his hat to Phil, and this was around the t- this was after Phil had passed. But his his. Uh, Plenty of stuff to listen to. I'd love to hear what you think about it, and I, I think everybody could find stuff on there that that you would that that you'll that you'll really attach yourself to, not just lyrically, not just musically, but it, it's just a great record, start to finish. Black Rose. Yes. Thank you for listening. All right, thanks, y'all. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>